Hi guys. Hey guys. It's Walter. And Tiki. And this is True Ghost Stories by Real People. Oh, you wanted to say that part? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, tonight's episode, we are going to be reading stories that were sent in. So let's get right into it with Taylor. I have always been able to sense ghosts even when I didn't want to believe they existed. Anyhow, it all started when my little sister saw a ghost, ghost girl as we called her, at the foot of my bed. She saw a girl with long blackish brown hair sitting at the edge of my bed. She wore a white nightgown and looked very young. Later that night, she saw me only at the time. I was about 11. She, what's she saying? She saw me as I look today. See, this is what I be talking about. You look, whatever, okay. You looked more grown up. No, don't do that. (laughs) You looked more grown up. Not exactly those words, but that sums it up, really. Anyhow, so later I started seeing the girl. She knocked over a fan once. She ran past me a lot through the hallway. I never really got to take a good look at her. Anyhow, I moved into my little brother's room sometime after that, and I could hear whispers all the time. Even my dad. Girl, even my dad. Okay, even my dad. (laughs) He chalked it up to the neighbors, but I knew they were not the neighbors because they were in my room. I could make out what they were saying every so often. Once, maybe the first time, I could understand what they were saying. I was falling asleep. I heard something along the lines. Again, not what? This Again, not to the T. Anyhow, huh? <laughs> Do that. Yeah. Again, I... not to the T. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you yeah. go ahead? Because the fact that these people try to tell me. That I'm not reading it right. Tell me, we stumbling yeah, over. Yeah, and this is what's pissing me. I need to look at my grandma. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, hold on, where is my? Even my dad. T anyhow. Told you. Again, not to the T anyhow. A woman's voice said, "I do think so." Another woman said, "I can tell she listens. She looks scared." Then a man said, "I think she's listening now," and they fell silent. Huh? I shot up. I realized I had just heard them talking. About me, I believe. I looked around my room and then chills went up my spine when a little girl left and said, she sees me sometimes. And the thing is, although I was scared, I knew they weren't caused, they weren't causing me any harm. I knew. So I moved out later <laughs> and then some years passed and I am now 13. I am turning 14 in two or three weeks. Anyhow, I won again with... <laughs> You got serious problems. Because why are you reading it like that? Like a robot. (laughs) Anyhow, I went again switched with my brother. I was convinced that it would not be that bad. I was supposed to get less sensitive as I got older, right? Wrong. This time I heard voices, but they were not clear. So I was like, ah, finally it's over and going away. Yes, I was wrong. Again. Soon it got to the point that I could not sleep. I was scared. I felt <laughs> hatred, annoyance, and Yo, all types pause. of that. No, you are reading that like you just learned how to read. Like, that's, you just learned how to read. That's the best I can do for you. Because <laughs> they ain't giving me a cohesive sentence, so I couldn't. <laughs> then one night I woke, and it was early morning, so I was curious as to why I woke up. <laughs> then I was drifting back off to sleep. I felt... <laughs> I felt this numb, tingling sensation, and I was now fully awake. I could not move. I was so, so weak. I tried to call out for my mom, then my dad, but I could not. I was frozen. I was too weak. Then I looked over and saw only a black silhouette. It stood over me, and I felt like I was being controlled. Not possessed, but like in an abusive relationship control. Like a man desperately wanted to control me. I was scared, so when I could finally move, I ran to my brother's room. So those things had lessened the next night. I still felt the hatred and being watched. It went on for like three or four weeks, then it changed. 
My dog would sleep with me again. The feeling soon changed that a person just watched me closely, like they were entranced with me or something like that. I got used to this feeling like someone was in bed with me and they watched me and were always in the room with me. It started to get very annoying though. Shortly after my cousin died, which was weird by itself because it was the day before Christmas and I cried, but I could not understand why. I found out later that night, anyhow, I started to feel like they were doing this to annoy me. They jumped on my bed, they shook it, they would fling the blanket off my back, which I hate. Then they would keep me up all night. I rarely got sleep. So I developed a strong annoyance for them. And I avoided going into my room at all costs. I just moved from there to my mom's cousin's house in Florida. I was beyond happy to leave the annoying spirit. And the day I left, I said thanks for everything. But I think it's best you find someone else to piss off because this house will be gone soon. It wasn't long after the house was torn down that I felt horrible. I felt like not only did the one spirit that had been sort of obsessed with me and needed my help, but others from that house died. I have tried to get in contact with them, but there is something like a wall between us. I can feel them trying to break the wall, but they can't, so I am doing research to try and break it down. Mm. Yo, what is that keep popping? That's my uh, bottle, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> she says she's trying to figure out how to break the wall down, and I feel like that's necrophilia don't why now you said they was laid in the bed with you they was flinging the pillows and stuff and knocking. why are you whispering i'm not you're not even i can't hardly hear you oh that's because your ears is bad no they're not but the microphone's ears aren't bad because it's a machine <laughs> okay we'll see i didn't like that story a lot i'm just gonna give it my honest opinion and also, I think it's very strange that you're trying to break down the walls, and I think that you need to leave well enough alone because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Okay. Okay. You want me to? We, yeah, we at me. We at the one. <clears throat> this one is titled um, "Brother" or something like my that. My brother. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Me and my brother Clinton both en- enlisted into the U.S. MC when we were 17 May 2007 he got deployed to Iraq and I got stationed on Okinawa Okinawa Japan about 9 months into his deployment I received news that my brother had been shot and killed I asked my command if my command if I could did he say command okay if I could do the honor of escorting him back home when I was reunited with my brother, I sank like a rock. I got to meet some of the Marines he served with in Iraq, and they shared some brief stories. Early one morning, while I was escorting him home, I started to think of all the good times we had when we were young. I eventually started to laugh and smile and try to think of all the good times we shared. At that moment, I felt as if I had entered a new plane of existence. Everything was still the same, the road, the sky, the trees, and the world, but I felt as if I wasn't much there. I looked at the passenger seat where I had two folded American flags, some of my brother's personal belongings. I looked, for, I looked forward to watch the road, and then I'm looking, and I'm looking forward. My brother cracks a joke about these outrageous earrings my mom would wear. He then went on about stories that had happened to him while in Iraq. I never felt more relaxed or more at peace than I did that drive home. He then said how he didn't want to be remembered through a folded flag and how he could get more out of life. I kept driving, forcing myself to watch the road. I didn't want to look over at the passenger seat because I was afraid I wouldn't see him or hear him again and that I wouldn't get to say goodbye. By the time I hit around 40 miles to my destination, wait a minute, okay, he said he had to leave. After those last few words, I never heard him or felt this presence again. Since then, I have been to Iraq and I've experienced some of what he told me about. I wouldn't say that this is much of a ghost story as much as an enlightenment. 
That's sad. That brought me all the way to fucking. How did he just? What his brother just came out of nowhere? Cause that's how he, he wrote it. Like yeah, like he, he just, just said he just started talking. So just, when did it get to that? I didn't. He was driving and then he just felt like everything shifted, but it was still the same. And as he was keeping his eyes on the road, he just heard his brother start talking from the side of him. Mm. And he didn't want to look. Cause See, that's what I be talking stop. about. Right there. He didn't want to look because he didn't want it to stop. That's what you be talking about? No, I, be, I don't be talking about that. I be talking about how everybody else get to see their dead loved one or hear or feel or sense. And yet, my mama has yet. Because she probably didn't die the way he died. Okay. He was shot and killed. That's a shocker. <laughs> so his spirit discorporated from his body under duress. Mm. She closed her fucking tired eyes. <laughs> and she went to sleep. You know what? She could take no more. She was not in, in any confusion or any of that. She knew, oh, look at me. What was me? I'm old and this is it. <laughs> not, look at me. I'm young, fresh and new. Trying to make a difference. Bang, bang, <laughs> takes me out. That's not funny. See the differences there? You know what? Old, tired, young, able. <laughs> End of life, beginning of life. Okay. Like, stop. I'm not going to stop, though. Yeah, That's my that, mama. Let that thing go. No, I don't. Because what you mean? And I, you know what? Let's yeah, just get right into it. Go. The house I grew up in. Okay. A funny thing. I was skimming the web looking for articles which dealt with the end of life information. And I stumbled. That's what it said. <laughs> it's funny only because I have described myself as living for the better part of two years now. During the time it has been the people around me who have slowly been reduced to shadows as if I was drawing drawing away from them and they from me. Either way, this is not a laminate and I am writing to recount what was a true haunting. The house I grew up in had been in my family in one form or another since 1715. Mm. I say one form or another because the materials used to make the house were originally part of what was known as the Old Buck Inn in Pennsylvania. This was built by an ancestor of mine in 1715. We came over to America with William Penn. Mm. On the welcome. In the 1920s, the old Buck Inn was taken down and the land on which it was located was sold. Much of the wood and stone which had been used to build the inn were reused to build the house I grew up in. How the house came to be haunted, I haven't a clue. None of us ever did. But it was supposed to be something that the old Buck Inn came over when the materials from what the structure were used to building the house. How to explain the haunting? It was a, it was at times very obvious. The sounds of murmuring and hills clicking back and forth across the attic floor, a noticeable temperature difference in one corner of the attic, cold enough for chills, even in the summer. Well, when you went to Okay. Hell no. You wouldn't want chills no, in the summer. Not I when would, I know I it ain't chilly in the summer. Not when I, I know it ain't hot. Not when I know it don't feel like a natural chill. Ain't nobody crazy. You know the difference between a chilly, a chilly attic and like being having the chills. <laughs> okay, like those are two different. Like like one day, like you walk in, you be like, oh, it's a, it's nippy in here, and then you walk in and it's like there's something in here. <laughs> you you see the difference? Okay. And even when other parts of the attic. Wait a minute. Okay, she gets, she gets right into it. And even when other parts of the attic would leave you sweating, the hair standing up on your neck when you walk through the off-ending area. See, that's not a chill. And this was by fair number of disbelievers as well, by those who had no doubt that ghosts exist. A few of the less obvious but more spectacular events were a piano which played the beginning notes of Let Me Call You Sweetheart. I don't even know that song, but that sounds terrifying. (laughs) The night my Aunt Carol died, before any of us knew she had even been taken to the hospital, and a four-by-six wall 
mirror that ended up smashed against the far wall of the dining room, a distance of 12 feet on the day of my great aunt Kate's funeral. We all did our best to chalk up the piano to a sort of shadowed imagination running away with us, but it was fairly difficult to explain how a mirror that had been undisturbed for at least nine years managed to make its way over to a china stand buffet, several feet of open floor, a dining room table, and several more feet of open floor to be broken into a thousand pieces on the side, on the other side, all without doing so much as wrinkling the dining room table's tablecloth. The last thing of any real significance, there have been dozens upon dozens of insignificant things done by Helen, the Mm. name we've all jokingly given to whatever or whomever it is that does these things is the death room door we again have always used this term in a semi-joking manner but it refers to a very real set of circumstances there is a back room in the house that has seen three different people die in it two of my grandfathers and one of my great uncles none of them died mysteriously and all three went into that room precisely because it was close to the bathroom and kitchen, making it easier for them to get to the necessary areas of the house when home alone. And the haunting, or whatever you care to call it, predated even the first of their deaths. All the same, after the last of them died in the room, it took on what I suppose you could call a strange quality, in which the door in the room constantly closed itself. There are likely dozens of explanations that make sense for this. The house settled, creaking, and in, in a tilt. The wind blew, the door shut <clears throat> to explain this, but none of these really stand up. Certainly a house that has existed for 80 plus years is going to settle, but it's most likely to do so within the first half century of its, of its existence, rather than afterwards. And while a difference in air pressure could explain it, doesn't explain the way the door would close itself. We would sit there in the kitchen, watching the door slowly and evenly closing itself. There was no sudden gust of wind that caused it to slam. Neither neither was there such a slow movement as to make the the result of some little idle and breeze. We would all watch the many occasions, day and night, as the door would, for no obvious reason, start to close, close and latch itself, shut. And this was noted an old house. It wasn't really all that easy latching the door shut, even when it was intended by one of us. I frankly never believed and still don't necessarily necessarily believe in ghosts or the things that go bump in the night. I do believe in something because I grew up with it. I know the way it felt to be around it. I just do know. I just do know what it is. Hmm? I just don't know what it is, but you got the end of the day. Mm. Oh, wow. That's an old house. And just to know that three people died in that house, in that same room, I won't be in that room. I'm not going to be in that house. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't really very much care about the death room. I'm more worried about <laughs> Helen. Why are y'all all calling her Helen? I don't I've never even liked that name Helen. It's always scared me. I don't like Ever Helen since either. I was a child, that was a For scary some, name. Yes, Helen. Certain th- I'm weird like scary. that. Like I have a weird mind. Like things frighten me. Yeah. Certain stuff Helen. has always scared me. Helen you know what it came from? Candyman. That's why it scared me. Cause the way he was saying it, Helen, and it turned me off. Ever since then, it's like when the man on um, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Hood, is like uh, Walter killed the monster. That turned me off as a that's child. Well, that's I, that just turned me off. I could never. Wa- I couldn't watch that movie for years by myself. Tales from the Hood. I could not watch it for years by myself. Like it would come on TV, uh, no, and, and I'm flicking turn. through the channels, and there it is. I would just stop, like a fro. Like you, you really messed me up as a you child. You know what I couldn't. You should watch, not have let me watch honest, some of the things that I was seeing. And I don't know why, because it's not that scary. But I could not watch Bones by myself. 
for some reason. With Snoop Dogg? Yes, it just creeped me out. Like, when he started doing, when she was the psychic lady. I can lady, watch it by myself. I can't. I, I can watch The Shining by myself. It's certain things I can, I can watch, watch The Shining by myself. By myself. I, I, I can I watch that watch, type of um, stuff. I can't watch uh, when I was. I can't watch Michael Myers, but not all of Michael Myers. I like I can't watch all of. I said right through my eyes, pill. I don't stab him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Mm. I don't like that type of stuff. But that's neither here nor there. I can't watch Amityville Horror. I can. I can. Not when she jumped out a rifle. <laughs> Just. I don't and like that, jump and, scares. And that was dumb. I don't it. like jump And scares. that was dumb because if she was my babysitter, I'd have slapped her right in her two lips. <laughs> right in them. Don't ever jump at me like that. How would you slap her I, if she was your babysitter? It's a natural reaction. Because I'd you asked her. her. But I didn't tell you to jump in my face like that. And I don't know what you was doing. You telling a creepy tale. Then you lash out at me. <laughs> and my fist just flew out. <laughs> and you can tell my mom what you gear. And I'll explain to her the circumstances that got you popped in the mouth. It wasn't my fault. Okay. It honestly wasn't. It was a natural reaction. That is fight or flight. Yeah. You jumped at me and my body chose fight and it slapped the shit out of you. You asked for it, really. Go ahead, next story. Okay. How are we talking about? <clears throat> so, good evening. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. Hello to you too, sir. This sounds like a 19th century gentleman. I have an experience I'd like to share with everyone. In December 2009, I went to a conference in, what is it, Quantico, Virginia. I guess. I stayed in the Ramada Inn that is located off 195 exit 150, I guess. I stayed there for two weeks. It is situated on N Street, an access road that runs parallel to Highway 619. When I got to the hotel, it looked forlorn. The parking lot only had three other vehicles in it, and I guessed that they belonged to the employees. When I checked in, it seemed I was the only four other guests in a two-story hotel. I remember walking in the main entrance and thinking it was a nice, clean place. The main walking into the main entrance... Do this. Here we go. Then they got a nerve to be long and all <laughs> That's the worst part, man. I gotta find the guys because she don't want to continue to read it. Yeah, when people think I can't read, I don't like that. <clears throat> I know when people writing it when they not. The atmosphere itself changed as soon as I made that right turn. I felt uncomfortable, weary, almost unwelcome. A feeling of dread came over me as I pro. You know what? No, I'm not gonna do that because these people need to learn. The atmosphere itself changed as soon as I made that right turn. I felt uncomfortable, weary, almost unwelcome. A feeling of dread overcame me as I progressed down the hall. My room was room 149. I went in, put down my bags, and looked around. The room was standard, but nothing to boast about. It was the uncanny sense of not being alone that bothered me. The heater was on in the room, but there was still a chill. My first unpleasant experience was when I walked into the bathroom. All was quiet, but after a minute of being there in silence, a knocking started on the wall opposite the door, where the toilet was located. There was a room on the other side, room 148. Now, I know that everyone will say pipes, because pipes making knocking noises, knocking noises, especially in winter, but it would start and stop so suddenly that it seemed too random to be pipes. It stopped as soon as I left the bathroom. I could stand by the threshold and nothing would happen. But as soon as I stepped foot in there, the knocking would begin. I just let it go, tried to anyway. That first night I went to sleep real quick with no problem. The next morning I went to the desk and asked if they could please ask the people in the room next to mine to stop knocking on the wall. They said no one occupied that room. That afternoon I returned from work looking forward to a relaxing evening. The knocking was now occurring on the wall that the head of the bed stood on, as well as in the bathroom. The knocking didn't bother me, however. I did notice that it also occurred in the main lobby on occasion, especially in the early morning. It was the feeling that the room gave me that started to get to me. It was an anxious feeling, like I was waiting for something to happen, but it never would. Mm-hmm. The feeling of being stared at. I don't like that feeling. I still got these feelings of dread when I'd go down the hall to the main room. 
but I never had them when I would leave. I found this very strange. A few days passed, nothing out of the ordinary. On my fourth night, I was lying in bed working on my computer. I had the TV on for background noise to keep me company. The knocking started almost almost suddenly. I was so immersed in the work that I brushed it off. It continued at random intervals for hours. The feeling in the room was one of agitation. I don't know if it was me or something else. Suddenly, the TV went to static and shut off by itself. I tried turning it back on, but it would not turn on, even as I pushed the remote. Kind of irritated, I got up and got in bed and worked on my computer. Then, as suddenly as it went off, the TV turned back on. Curiosity got to me, and I poked. And I poked around and looked to see if the timer had set it off. There was no sleep timer. So then I noticed a feeling in my foot. It felt like it, I, it felt like I was being poked on the top of my foot. I wiggled my foot, assuming that it was the nerve twitching, but it really felt like someone was poking me with the tip of their finger. As soon as I moved it, it stopped, but then it started again. Then it stopped, finally. After a few minutes, the lamp flickered. I ignored it. It flickered again and then turned off. I got out of bed and turned it back on. I was staring at my computer screen when I saw something out of the corner of my eye. A blob of white, almost like a flash. It flashed towards the ceiling and seemed to glide across the room and disappear. If I didn't know any better, I would say that something was trying to get my attention. I shut off my computer and went to bed with the covers pulled over my head. The next night, I stayed with my aunt and uncle who live in Dumfries. That weekend, my parents and grandparents came to visit. I was preoccupied that I didn't notice anything other than the knocking. On Tuesday, something happened. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. I should mention here that I am in the military. I am traveling on military business. I finished getting dressed in my uniform. I walked in the bathroom. It was the first time I was in there on my uniform. The knocking started immediately and became very rapid. Then it turned to a tapping. It sounded like whatever was in there had started to tap on the mirror very fast, rapidly. I don't know what it was. That's it? Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like don't rap and tap on nothing. I don't like stuff like that. Like, I don't think I like anything. Just, if you want, I just, I just think the situations and experiences that I've been through growing up, I, I don't, I love, I love ghost stories and I love to hear about, hear about them and read other people's experiences, but I don't want to, I don't want to go through that no more. Like, I don't want to, I don't, like I don't want nothing popping up just out of nowhere. I turn my head and I look and there they go. Yeah, that's scary. Or I don't want to go somewhere and I just feel somebody on my back. I don't like that. I don't like ghosts. You don't like ghosts? No, that's necrophilia. <laughs> Liking ghosts is not necrophilia. Like, stop that's doing that. That's a dead person. Because it's no business. That's a dead person. Why is you liking ghosts, a dead person? If you want to sit up there and make it seem like it's weird to talk. Because that's, that just hey, make them up. Saying, that just turn people off. I'm not off. saying it's weird to talk about them. It's weird to try to interact with them. Like, to be showing up, trying to have a full conversation. Coming from the same person who that's, wants to go to Myrtle's when, plantation. But I don't want to. I don't want to interact with them. I just want like to have an experience, but not communicate. Like, and then I don't even really want anything big to happen. I just want to hear the footsteps that they say you supposedly hear. That's nowhere near what other people are looking for. <laughs> They're looking for the kids to jump on the bed, and I think that's some kind of predator. Why would you even want to hang out with a child ghost? I want to see what are you into, and then yeah, what kind of complex is that? Why would you want a known slave (laughs) to come back from the afterlife where they are no longer a slave and they're at peace? Because I want to see her just like everybody else and and look at her like she is an exhibit at a zoo. And then you want to hear the man fall down the stairs? Mm -hmm. I mean, come up the stairs. That's just a repetitive haunting. That's not an intelligent haunting. Otherwise, he'd know that he's dead and he don't got to keep walking. Up no damn stairs. <laughs> oh, so that's not an intelligent haunting. Any two times, that's just like a memory trapped in the walls. So that's what you think it is. It, clearly, he's not alive doing that. Nobody, come on, brother. You know damn well you don't. How many times you gonna walk these stairs? <laughs> it's people that be in the um. I, I think those is residual sun- hauntings. That's not like an intelligent haunting can decide. Boom, here I am. Look at me. 
then it disappear in the shadows or it talk like the girl just said she could hear the movies like, i think she listening that's an intelligent haunting but something that keeps doing something repetitively that's like a memory it's just trapped like because it was tragic so it's the way it happened to walk forever walk the stairs not him but him his body discorporated, but I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but if he don't got the sense, God gave him moose. You walking the same. I couldn't do it. No way in hell am I gonna die. See, I think I think people like that that get trapped in that. You don't know how to lucid dream because clearly you don't have the sense. God gave people a meerkat. People are not lucid no more because they're not even a lot. They're not even. What lucid, I'm saying period. is, you need that type of background because the, no way in hell do you die and you don't know you did. How? You knew just, no, I don't care how you died. If you died in a car accident, you knew seconds ago that that fucking car crashed. No, you don't. If you wake up somewhere, like some people wake up in the white light, they'll know when they get told where they're going to go. Okay, so if you don't wake up in the white light and you make your way out there to the the street where you see the flashing lights of the police and they don't look your way, you talking to them, they don't see you, Mm -hmm. it don't register in your mind, oh... This is what people be saying when they say they that people die. I guess I'm dead. Yeah, because clearly these people wouldn't ignore me. But what if some people don't go to that light and they just be trapped to forever drive that drive? You have heard stories where people are hitchhiking, people are riding That's down another lonely dumb thing. roads. How you keep hitchhiking, taking all these different cars, getting back to the same destination, but you don't know you did. <laughs> That is something real. Like Resurrection Mary, for instance. She she knows she did. She has rode all around Chicago. She knows she did. Hey, you can look the fuck around. Cars don't look nothing like they looked when you was hatching a ride. These new vehicles run on electricity. And then, yeah. And then how All types of shit they turn on the radio is boosting your shit. (laughs) Speaker boxes not rocking your fucking head back and forth. You know you were. Come on now. This was not the time you was alive. What is this? So like, what if she do? What do she do now? Like, what if we had to put? Because you know, no, I got the music blast. Hey, she can't get in this car, and I, especially when we know what road we on. It could have been a real girl that happened to just be dressed like that, and she really needed a ride, and she <laughs> was coming out of the graveyard because somebody tried to kill her, and they had her dragged back there. And in my mind, is she, and you're yes, not getting in this car. Yo, no, you're not no. getting in this I car. Because that's the we always talk about her. Cause at the end of the day, I want to, I want to be able yeah, to feel that. The amount of strength I will use when I punch you in the back of your head if you stop that car. <laughs> oh my god, it would be, it would be merciless. You don't even hit me. I don't, I don't, that. I don't. But who knows what would happen in a fear-driven situation? You heard what that girl said. Fear is a lot like when you're drunk. It shows who people really are. Oh. And I would really knock your lights right out. <laughs> If you even... And then what's going to happen? The I'm car going to Yeah, spin. No, it's, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. It got us out of there. It got us out of there. Out of where? It's to a ditch. Now how about I don't care. Right I don't care. And now I can act like I was knocked out on the dashboard and lay there. And hopefully the police What if the door open, right? Oh, my and God. Then... Don't touch me. <laughs> I would die right there. Like, I'm talking about the scream that would come out of me. I mean, my hair would turn white. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't touch me with your cold, dead, nimble fingers. Because that's, again, necrophilia. Now you've made me a pervert. And I didn't even want to be down with that. You've touched me with the hands of a ghost. <laughs> I have felt you. He said, how many of you? That's, that's perversion. I have, you have mixed, touched me with strange flesh. That's, <laughs> that's not normal. That's not normal. Yo. <laughs> you, you shouldn't even be able to touch me. Like I feel like their hands should go through you. If you could touch me, you something else. How you can't get home, but you can touch. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yo. We'll be right back after this commercial. And we're back. Hey guys. Hello, hello, hello. Let's get right to it. What are we reading now? Okay. Now. So this is another story. You ready? Like that was me knocking on the desk. I have ADHD. Calm down. I need to let off that energy. Alright. So (laughs) I've never lived in a haunted house, but my mother did as a teen. Other houses on her street had strange things going on too. A few homes from her lived a family. One night, the daughter went to bed with a bad headache. The next day, she was dead. She'd passed away from an aneurysm. After her, after her funeral, the family went away to get their minds off the tragedy. And the father asked my uncle, my mom's brother, to check on their pets. My mom and dad, who were dating at the time, went with him. My mother had heard there was a grand piano and she wanted to play it. My dad was studying to be a veterinarian. 
After entering the house, my uncle and my father headed to the basement to see the animals. My mother went to the piano on the ground floor. She was playing it when she felt something brush her ankles. She thought a cat must have left the basement and walked past her. She kept playing, and then she felt it again. She looked under the piano and saw nothing. When she, stated again, when she started again, she felt hands clasp her legs tightly. She dashed to the basement door, called my uncle and father, and waited for them back outside. My uncle could tell my mom was rattled and asked what was wrong. She told him what had happened, and he turned white. He told her the daughter who had died used to play a game with her father. When he played the piano, she'd crawl underneath, grab his ankles, and push his feet up and down on the pedals. Mm. Don't touch me. Mm. What did I tell you about that just not right before we went to break? Don't put your dead, cold hands on me. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I knew you was going to say that. I knew you was going to say that. That's why I have already prepared. We're going to do ASMR true no, ghost not. stories by real people. Yeah, huh? We're not going to do that. They don't want to hear that and neither do it. It's going to say, listen, for real, we're going to try it. It's going to be, say, breaking back. Yo, ain't nobody <laughs> came here for that. And the fact that I sat here and really listened, as did the listeners. Mm-hmm. No, we're not down. Now, go ahead and get to the next story. Okay. You ain't like that one? Mommy, <laughs> get to the next story. I am. I'm just saying, you ain't like that one? No, we didn't. Okay. No, and we don't want another. No, I'm going to just do one more. Okay. Try, um, try not breaking bad. Try, um... Try just being hungry because I told you, baby, when I feel like eating, I'm going to eat. Oh, okay. I thought you would see it my way. I don't sound like that. Let me hear you do the ASMR like this. What is that? Feet walking (laughs) in the dark. If that the fuck is what somebody's (laughs) feet sound like at night, (laughs) they need to be left. They don't need no relationship. Let me stop. You imagine that tonight? You're like, babe, come here. <laughs> and you hear all them bones cracking? Oh, okay. Bones cracking. We can clearly hear that that's not bones <laughs> cracking. I'm going to take these from you and give them back from the show. <laughs> well, why are you digging in them? I'm just going to get to them before I uh, close the bag up. Go ahead and start the story. Okay, but really, it's only the Them is toxic. People love Takis. Don't you? No, I don't. But what you think about that one? I just told you, don't touch my legs. That's it. How dare you reach out and touch somebody? Because the piano really, she was shouldn't playing. she been in her house playing no piano. So you ain't know they the story. They watch them pets. Mm-hmm. So you get what you got because you was in here doing sneaky shit that ain't nobody asked you to do. You ain't put in on that grand. <laughs> you, know, you know how much a grand piano is and you're going to try to take advantage and come in here and play mine I play that on the sim I'm going to try to tickle the ivories in here get you one and play it at your house and then your ankles won't be grabbed come on because really what you did is considered stealing how? she was asked they was you already you have stole a chance at a grand piano play it on your own time but not one that I purchased and put in my house wasn't, wasn't they already? You, you ain't even ask. It ain't like you said, could, could you share your piano with me? Could I play your piano? You going to ask the person who piano it ain't. Oh, yeah. That's I asked the- him to watch my pets and you going to go behind me. That's like asking a motherfucker, I tell you to watch my house and you ask them, can you throw a party in my shit? <laughs> and the and they say, say, yeah, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, why you crunching? Leave my stuff alone and you don't want me to eat it. I'm not eating nothing. I know what a crunch sounds like. Apparently you don't, because I... Okay. Now, the ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance, Rig 12. 
A lot of EMTs have stories about it, but I never put much much stock into paranormal stuff. That is until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m., and it was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing. I was in the driver's seat, and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my God, am I dying? Followed by a few few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat up and sh- sat straight up and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. I turned on the lights and we ran out of the out of the rig. I thought I thought a transient might have climbed in while we were asleep. So we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither was open. We didn't sleep much after that. Mm. See, I told you people be like that. They stuck. Just came out of nowhere. They don't know they did. They just said, what? Am I dying? I guess, man. That don't sound right to me. I knew I died. How you knew you died? When I die, I'm in hell. <laughs> Trust and believe it. Mm. Ain't no fucking secret. Okay. Like you staring down the barrel of a gun, you get shot, and you don't know you did. Yeah, right. You no. Knew, you knew you died. <laughs> okay. My my neighbor Diane and I and I had a playful poltergeist for years, and we called it Billy. I'd come home and find something put in a weird place. Milk in a cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around because she couldn't find a gallon of milk. We finally found it outside on her back steps. And sugar, darn sugar, every morning my sugar bowl was empty. When I'd had enough, I would point to Diane's home and yell, go see Diane. Within five minutes, I'd get a call from her. Thanks a lot, she'd say. He'd gone and pulled shenanigans at her place. This occurred for the entire two years we lived there. No one believed us, not even our husbands. My mother thought someone was stealing from us when we were sleeping or out of the house. My sister believed something was going on, but didn't know what. I still can't explain any of it. I'd have came back next door and it wouldn't have been no call. I'd have knocked on that door and punched her so hard in her face, all her teeth would have came out. Don't you ever in your fucking life send nothing to my house. <laughs> what kind of shit is that? And I didn't say come in. <laughs> and then you gonna listen to this bitch about when to come in my shit. Yeah. No, nah, that ain't how it work. <laughs> that ain't how it work. I don't know what gave her the authority to send you to my house. <laughs> but no. Yeah, like how you doing? I don't want to play these type yeah, games with you. And a, don't say she nobody. She need to get slapped in her face for doing that. Why? Because what if it's not a poltergeist? What if it's something dark and you like going to tell it to go to the next man house, and then it went? You wished a curse on me. True. That's crazy. <clears throat> you just gave. You just put a ghost in my house that wasn't in my house. I will blame you. Okay. Well. One night when I was 10, I was woken up by my bedroom door open, opening, followed by someone sitting on my bed with a very persistent ghostly apparition. I felt my leg grazed and the bed sink under the person's weight. It's just mom, I thought, and I opened my eyes. It was not my mom. I found an eyeless boy. He had black empty sockets about my age sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand and in it was a little box. I was startled but reached out. He pulled back. I reached again and he said, give it. Then I blinked. And when I reopened my eyes, he was gone. But I could still see the imprint where he had sat on my bed. Fast forward five years, my girlfriend came over to do homework. After she finished, she took a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. 
She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up at the corner where the wall met the ceiling. She pointed there and went back to sleep. I shook her again. She came to full consciousness, and I explained what she'd done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there in a Spider-Man pose staring at me. I freaked out and told her my story about the same kid. Fast forward another five years, I was with the same girlfriend, and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' house in my old room. My daughter started waking up at the same time every night, and she'd talk. After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost, and he's looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversations continued until we got our own place later that year. Mm. Mm. I don't like that either. I went in there so quick. Who are you here talking to? <laughs> I'm not like it. When I have a child, mm-hmm. I'm not into that. If I see some freaky deaky, who are you here talking to? And they say who they talking to, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them flat out. You're the only person can see them. How'd that make you feel? <laughs> So you want to terrify your child? Do like that, that make you feel like they okay to talk to? Because you're the only one that can see them. <laughs> so there's two options here. One, I need to take you to see somebody and get you some meds. Or two, they're dead. Mm. When you die, you're not supposed to come back. <laughs> so they're not supposed to be standing here having a conversation with you because they're dead. And you don't want people to think... That you some kind of pervert who goes around fraternizing with dead people. Wow, don't do that. That's not what you want. You don't want people to look at you like that. Like, there she goes. That's her. That's her. That's 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 Kelsey. She likes dead people. She's got, dead, she's got a lot of dead friends. That's the ghost girl, Kelsey. Now you're in high school, no friends. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because... You got to be key. Life is about choices. And if you'll hang out with dead people, you better believe people will start to think you're a freak. So? Let them think that. It is that. not so. Let them think that. Let you people cannot be their own people. hang out with them dead if people 24-7. Like... You can't go to Burger King with those dead people. You can't share a joint with dead people. You can't say, here, let's go out and have drinks with dead people. <laughs> These is not your peers. They have died and moved on, and you need to let them go. The, you, you don't got to do that. Go. I would never like... be friends with a ghost. That's you. Like never. I know people who have been friends with ghosts. That's some weird shit, bro. We no, can it's never not. Be it's not their fault. How the they fuck we friends? Going through something. How we friends? And they came for them. I don't need no. I don't need them kind of friends. <laughs> they come Unless to you, you for... bringing me, oh, money or jewelry that you found. And so then what? If they do do all those things you saying, then what? Then we could be friends. And then you. So now they just start coming to you like. Well, they tell you, yeah, I want to go out. <laughs> How are we going out? No, is that what you're going to say? And then they tell you, well, if you go out with me, I'll give you this. So next thing you know, you really going out because you want this. Where are we going to? Wherever they're talking about, they want to go. You going to go? How am I going to get them there? They did. They, they, so they're uh, going to say, let's go somewhere. Oh, I feel like if I say yeah, then the only way they can get to that place is to come inside me. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> I you that. Because... You what you not you not answering me? How the hell they got to put from point A to point B? Well, Did they get in the car so you with had me? A car, yeah. That's yep, not real. They didn't drive all the way there. With and me. the man can't see If they drive all the way there with me, bro, I'm clearly having a psychotic break. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a ghost. This is a hallucination. I feel like if you see a ghost and it lasts for more than an hour, it's a hallucination. Nah, it's from your real brain. And it was from their real brain. It was from their real brain. It was a hallucination. No, it, it was a hallucination. No, it wasn't. Because not, those types of hauntings you don't even hear about. Like you hear about a haunted house, maybe a haunted road, a girl. Maybe, but I don't know because then that brings us back to Resurrection Mary. She get in the car and go from point A to point B. Where? But to still, she in that same little vicinity of that territory. To, yeah, she stays around that area. That's what I'm saying. So it's not like. What I'm saying is, where do you want to go? Where are you trying to have me drive you to? 
I'm not. No, I don't want to drive with a dead person in the passenger seat. What the hell kind of shit is that? Then they don't give you. I'm a steady foot. just in the car talking. So stop always talking about if it's something that you want and they offering it, you gonna do it because you I know take, you're not. I take the rubies and the diamonds and stuff, and then I hit the bricks. Sell that <laughs> house once I got everything you can give me. And you gonna hit the bricks? Yeah, be like call my realtor that night. I'm not coming back. So. Sue me, bitch. <laughs> and when we get to court, I will tell him about all of the, the stuff I had to put up with. The hauntings and all that shit. And I just couldn't stand it. <laughs> That's what you want to say. And, and even if the judge, like, don't agree with me, mm-hmm. and they make me pay whatever I owe, you ain't getting it because I don't fucking got it. So I'm in contempt. See? Well, Defiance. If you don't have the money, where's it come from? I don't know. Exactly. I don't have it. He probably got um, hidden treasures somewhere. Spirits be having hidden treasures. No, I'm saying like if you get sued by your landlord for just leaving mm-hmm. and they win. So where suppose they Suppose you don't have that back ta- that back rent money and shit. Where are they going to pull it from if the judge be like, you got to pay this? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, what's going to happen if you can't? I don't All know. I can give you is my motherfucking two fingers up for peace because I don't have it. I'm dead ass getting out of this house. And they tell and you to stay there. And, and then they be like, you still got to stay there because either it's not so yet and you still got to stay there while your lease is up. I'm going to rent it out to somebody. I'm going to say, now listen, don't tell nobody that you're here. Yeah, they pay me and I pay the landlord. <laughs> yep, and not. don't, and don't, and, 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 and I'll be staying somewhere else. The bigger question is, would you pre-warn them that the house was haunted? Yeah, that's why you get them, that's when you go get homeless people. <laughs> well, not homeless people, you go get low income, <laughs> low income. Oh, that's ignorant. You get people that don't have nowhere See, else to go. That's what I was go. talking about when I said you was H.H. Holmes. You do questionably more. <laughs> like, your morals being questioned. Like, you say the strangest shit. Like, I say strange <laughs> shit, but you say things that are, like, true and that could happen and that you could really do to a person. And it'd be so, vin- like, sneaky and maniacal. Like, why would you, of all the people in all the world, you was like, I'm just going to go find a low-income family who nobody really gives a fuck about. They don't have no other choice. I didn't say that, yo. You doing too much. They don't much. have no other choice but to take this haunted house. Where else they want to live? The streets? <laughs> I did not say it like, that's, or mean it like that. Have, that's how we all heard it. Me and the listeners. That's what we took in. If that's what y'all took in, please let me know um, on, on the uh, group. Or comment. They did. That's what I heard. You ain't hear that. I heard. Fuck them um, low-income people. They gonna take this house and like That's it. not what I'm saying. Cause, and I don't give a fuck. Because not people that got big money, they not going possessed. in there once you tell them it's haunted. Unless they thrill seekers. Unless they looking to turn it into a, a scary site or... Um, a haunted uh, attraction. A ha- yeah. So, really... You need somebody that needed. They just got out of the, a divorce. See, that's taking advantage of them. No, it is not. You are. You're taking advantage of them. You know they in a bad situation, and you don't care. That's no. I do care. I'm gonna tell no them. Empathy. I'm gonna get them some help. I'm gonna get them an exorcist. I'm gonna tell. I'm not. I'm gonna work well, with them. You should get it for yourself, and then re rent it out to no, people who can afford to take not. that chance. Because these people need a house to settle. No, because once I already um. Once I already got a taste of that, I'll never feel comfortable in that house again. I don't care if. And that's what I be trying to say when people be on the haunting and they be like, uh, once we got it blessed and it stopped, it was so comfortable yeah, and we I lived to know. Fuck. I'll never be able to sleep right so at night. now, if it ain't a ghost, it's my mind playing tricks on yep. me because I'm forcing it to be there. Right. I fuck. You could bless this house 16 times. I don't feel it. That's what I'm I saying. Don't Plus, I don't know what you do in your off time. So like you looking down a hall. Next thing you know, you got to go up the stairs. You're looking up the steps. Or you looking. No, I'm not no, doing I that. No, I walking upstairs and feeling like it's somebody behind me. I always run up them. I don't like when I walk down the steps because make it, it It makes me feel like somebody going to push me. That's why I always hold on to the uh, bars as tight as I can. Because if you push me, like most going to happen is I'm a jerk forward. I'm going to be like, oh, shit. Tried to knock me down the stairs. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> But if somebody did that, it did not work. Okay, so we're going to move on to the Red Lady of Huntington College. See that right away. That's why you're supposed to watch where you go. You didn't signed up for Huntington, and it's a Red Lady walking around. Okay. Well, she wear a blood red dress, got black long hair. So here's a story that date backs to 1910, but almost any student in Huntington College in Montgomery, Alabama, should recognize it. That's because the events that led up to it are said to have actually happened. As the story goes, in 1910, a young woman who we knew to the, who was new to the school, known for her love of the color red, sadly, she was also known for being strange and a loner. 
As the first term got underway, the young woman grew in- increasingly isolated. Eventually, she took her life by slashing her wrist. Mm. Her body was discovered in a red gown, drenched in blood. From then on, students and faculty have been reporting sightings of the young woman dressed all in red. She's appeared all around the college's campus. The figure dwelling in perpetual isolation is often cited as a reminder of the importance of being kind to one's peers. How do they even know she died like that? Because they probably was mean but to her. But over years, stories changed. The real red lady probably didn't even kill herself. Probably was like a college prank that somebody did and it went wrong. You know the real story. Yeah. And, and, they don't wanna, became, and that's a cover-up story. Herself. Yeah, she didn't kill herself. You don't know that, though. That girl just started college. She had her whole life ahead of her. She probably got, what is like, is a story where Maybe she fell in love with a dude people, yeah. and she thought he loved her and then he didn't. Why you, what, what, so what you saying is she was so weak for him that she had to run <laughs> off back to her dorm and slit her wrist? Yes, like what if they like taped it and then you know how they did in the movies and then they taped it and she was embarrassed they was going to put it out there and they did probably this put it out. This was 1910. They did not tape it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck they did. Drew a picture of that shit. It was like there she was laying on the couch, and he took her. Draw that. <laughs> Get out of here! They did not. They did not film that shit. Even okay. if they wanted to, they didn't even have the idea of filming it. Did they in nineteen ten was film out? Um, yeah, the movie. The I don't know. Film. I don't even know. That's neither here nor there. What's the next story? So Ashley Street Ghost. Oh, this is a ghost from Ashley Street. Huntington College is just one of the many haunted colleges. Hold the fuck up. Weren't we just at Huntington? Mm-hmm. Each with its own ghost stories. The next true tale comes from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. The haunting happened in 1972. A party hosted by University of Michigan students living on Ashley Street. A 15-year-old girl who was probably who probably had no business being there in the first place, suddenly felt a strange bone chill cold. In the attempt to warm up, she went upstairs because her because heat rises, we guess. That's when things really went awry. One of the walls of the house started moving, and a black shadow approached the girl. Meanwhile, downstairs, posters were spontaneously popping off the walls and falling into a growing pile on the floor. The girl wandered back downstairs where she found herself saying these strange words. The drugs and addiction were my fault, and I accept responsibility for that. But I was not that way deep down inside. I want to apologize to everyone involved for what I have done. What made those words even stranger was that the girl did not do drugs, let alone have an addiction. Her words didn't seem all that strange to the, <coughs> Excuse me. to the students who lived in the house. Before they moved in, the house had been inhabited by a man with a very serious addiction. The reason he no longer lived there, he had died of a heroin overdose. Ooh. Has the ghost of Ashley Street made any more appearances? We wonder. <coughs> I don't know, but don't use my body to talk about a confession. Mm. And, and and where do ghosts get the audacity to just enter somebody's body and make them proclaim that they had, that they sorry for the drug addiction? I don't do drugs. He must have. What made you look at me and say, oh, she'd be a good, um, she'd be a good person to use as a guinea pig. We must. That means you looked at me and you saw something inside of me that looked similar to what was in you. Mm. What made you pick me? I don't do drugs. <laughs> what? Come on, man. Moving on. The ghost of Frederick Jordan. The real-life ghost story concerns a man named Frederick Jordan who held one of the most lonely and desolate jobs in existence. Jordan was the lighthouse keeper for Pennefield Reef Lighthouse off the coast of Fairfield, Connecticut. Built in 1874, the lighthouse was primarily a way of warning, warning ships of a treacherous hidden reef responsible for more than its fair share of harbor accidents. In 1916, Frederick Jordan was the head lighthouse keeper. 
Tragically, he drowned in a boating accident just before Christmas, 1916, when he was caught in a gale while rowing home to see his family. Ever since then, lightning and equipment malfunctions in the lighthouse have been blamed on Jordan's spiritual presence. But even more chilling is that keepers of the Penafil Reef Lighthouse often find the lighthouse logbook open to the day Jordan died. And locals have recounted witnessing an unidentifiable figure appearing on the water to help stray boats find their way to safety near the reef. Mm. <clears throat> That's deep. That is deep. But I, if he, see, but if, now what type of ghost is that? Just coming back to help people? That's intelligent. <clears throat> he has not left the lighthouse, but he still lingers. And when need be, will do something, you know, do a job. Mm. See, that's the kind of ghost can live in my house. Be useful. A working Don't be ghost. a fucking nuisance. <laughs> you running around here. Li- I'm basically, you're, I'm letting you stay in my house rent free. There you go again with that rent free. You, you, you get a safe space to do all the things that ghosts do. Like I would even like be like, you could take the basement and just stay down there. You can keep that shit as cold as you like. I don't give a fuck if it's a thousand flies down there. Like, you could, all your smells and all of that. (laughs) Keep that down there in that basement. The fucking walls in the basement could drip blood, and it's not my business, because I don't go in your space, and I don't want you in mine. Stay in the basement, and I will tell people. They'd be like, oh, you got a basement in your house? Yeah, but I don't go down there, and neither do you. (laughs) I keep it locked. (laughs) Well, they say why. I just, I just always kept it locked. I don't open it up, and I don't, I don't it ain't nothing down there. But um, it's sewer rats down there. They, 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 <laughs> so you, why wouldn't you just not tell them that it's a spirit there? I, I want, feel like the people, house. When you tell a motherfucker it's a spirit down there, they tend to want to, you know, oh, is it? Yeah, I was holding it. Let me go down there and look. And then you be like, go ahead. Next thing you know, he offended because I didn't let somebody come in his space when I said I wouldn't. Now I got to do all this ass kissing. That I don't have time for and I'm petty enough not to do. Because again, you staying in my house rent free. I don't have to kiss your ass. I let somebody come in my basement if I want them in there. <laughs> if I'm being honest. This is my house. Okay. Know your place. <laughs> okay. I just feel like people let ghosts get out of hand. They do. And That's I can't why. speak. Because I used to let ghosts get out of hand. We did. Used to let them do all kind of stuff to me. Make me all scared. Until I'm hiding underneath covers. Sweating through the night. And you know I run hot. I can't even sleep like that. Covers all tucked up underneath my neck. And I had to out of necessity. I, I, I hated those. Those wasn't good sleep. Aww. It was not good sleep. I'm sweating to the oldies. <laughs> and by the oldies, I mean dead people. you going to say sweating to... <laughs> Come on, man. The ghost who came to play. No. This true, this true ghost story might strike you as more awe than eek. But only until you consider that we really have no idea what our four-legged friends can sense that what that that we cannot. Can dogs see ghosts? Well, there are plenty of dog experts out there, including a veterinarian who will attest to the fact that there's lots of documentation that could support the notion that dogs can sense paranormal activity. Mm. So... Okay. That's all she said. Okay, she just jumps right into it. Marlene settled onto her side of the bed and patted Jack's pillow. A year had gone by, but Marlene was still adjusting to widowhood. Maybe it was crazy to think that after 40 years of marriage, she would ever adjust. Elmer, the golden retriever, seemed to understand this from the very first that cold, moonless night when Marlene returned alone from the hospital. Elmer some, Elmer did something he'd never done before. Sorry. That sound like you doing drugs or something. Like you Don't snort. it every time I do that shit. Like, why would you do that in the midst of, That just sound like you snorted coke or something. It did, but I did. What, what am I supposed to do? I'm a human being. <laughs> so. <laughs> like. Okay, well. Elmer did something he'd never done before. He jumped up onto Jack's side of the bed and laid his head on the pillow. Jack would never have allowed it, but Marlene didn't shoo him off. 
Instead, she lay down beside Elmo and let the peaceful sound. She changed it to Elmo because I'm trying to read it. Just how it's wrote. Elmo. You want to go? How you going to suddenly change the name? Yeah. What it say? Elmo. Okay. And let the peaceful sound of his snoring law her to sleep. The next night. Oh, I remember you used to say law. (laughs) And And the night after that. Over the past year, it had grown into comforting routine, but not tonight. Tonight was the first time Elmer had left Marlene alone in the bed. Yeah, since Jack's passing. But hearing nails clicking on the wood floor downstairs, Marlene recognized the sound as Elmer requesting outsies with a sigh. Marlene, with a sigh, Marlene made her way down the stairs to the foyer. To the foyer, but Elmer wasn't pacing in front of the big oak door. Rather, he was dancing and wagging and wiggling and bowing, just like he used to do when Jack would come home from work. Mm. To Marlene, it felt as if Jack had just come home. And Robinette, who is known for her remarkable intuition about these things, believes that is indeed what happened. That's what she believed happened. Mm. I mean, that's neither here nor there. That's it? Yeah. I think it did happen. Well, I mean, Not I when think dogs suddenly start doing that. I think ghost. But she said it happened a year later. A year later. Well, I think that go. I mean, I think that dogs can sense because dogs can sense that stuff anyway. Yeah. You always hear about that. Uh, when animals you, can. Period. I think. Yeah, like that yeah. one said, "Honey, I'm home." Like, yeah. Yeah, they don't look <laughs> at stuff with the same eyes we look at stuff with. Like we don't. I believe the reason a lot of people don't see ghosts is because you was trained not to see ghosts. Mm-hmm. Somebody if you, told you if that somebody if you were born if you were raised in a house where they they believe like you be, you believed in that stuff yeah. and you encouraged it like if you yeah. seen it like and it, they were like yeah you saw it mm-hmm. you would grow I believe you would grow up and it would become like a normal thing Especially, you would see them often but like from the time you were a child first thing you hear is uh, you know when your you were sleeping you, you were it was your imagination yeah they start to give you that look you got a good imagination the fuck I do Bernadette. <laughs> can't wait until I'm reincarnated. That's how I'm going to talk to my mom. I got every plan to getting smart in my next life. No, we got every plan. That's not what we're doing. I don't don't know why you latching yourself on to my next life. That's not what I'm doing. You're the one who said it, so... Either way, I'm coming back and I'm going to... That's how I'm going to talk to my mom. And I'm not going to be your mom. Yeah, of course not. I'm not with that. (laughs) I've already experienced that and I don't want another go-round. Oh. So I'm gonna be. I don't know, but I don't like how you talk to me in this life. I don't talk to you in this life. I want to be able to kick you in your face. What? As hard as I can. (laughs) Oh, so in my so if I'm your mom in your next life, you gonna you wanna see? No, that's why I don't want you to be my mom in my next life because I can't kick you in your face then. Oh, okay, because that's what I wasn't understanding what you were getting at. Like I'd be okay if you was like a sister or even an older brother. I just think you would lead me into a lot of things, like. Cause sometimes I just want to tackle you down a flight of stairs. For what? And like ride your back all the way down the stairs, but don't hurt myself. But that's not what we here to we talk gonna, about. We're going to end it with a crackle in the breaking of backs. Didn't they tell you that they don't want to hear that? No, we're not, guys. Y'all don't need to listen to that. So it's been, I think this episode was a bit, uh, a little dry. What? The stories we picked this time, but we just needed to get them out of the way, guys. I know they probably wasn't the most interesting because they really weren't to me. You didn't like them? Not that much. I'm looking for the scary. Yeah. So, I guess next episode, we'll have to bring you the scary because it's, you know, getting closer to Halloween anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's been real. Until next time, I'm Walter. And I'm Tiki. And this is True Ghost Stories by Real People. Deuces. Bye. You, you always try to get the rest. <laughs>